Jamie, what's yeah. your favorite Dorito flavor? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> sheesh. I know this is really important to you. It is. You know, fuck your astrological sign or your Myers-Briggs. <laughs> like, what's your favorite Doritos flavor? Would that be like a first date <laughs> question for you? What's your, what's your favorite Dorito? Probably. Probably. Oh, shit, man. I think you're going to be really disappointed, but I'm not super a Dorito guy. I mm. mean, if I have them in front of me... I had Cool Ranch yesterday. Okay. You know, um, um, but I like the the weird taco ones. I don't even know if they make them anymore. I don't think so. I mean, I think they still make the classic taco, but I don't think they yeah, have like, yeah. any variations. I, I would rather grab a bag of Fritos before Doritos. For, you're a Fritos guy? I'm a Fritos guy. You like yeah. dog breath? Uh, I don't think it's dog breath. I think Fritos <laughs> smell like dog feet. It's still, dude, it's gross. When I lift the covers off my dog in the morning... It often smells like she just worked a triple shift at the Frito factory. You're like, mmm, Fritos. I just need some bean dip, man, and I'm good. <laughs> I'm well, sad. here's the deal. Let me tell you something about Fritos. All these companies, they think they're smarter than you. And you say, why did I open up this bag of Doritos and there's four Doritos in them? And they go, oh, well, we we have to have air in there so they don't smash against each other. Shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> Because Fritos, <laughs> they load those bitches to the brim. That's true. That's There's true. There's a thousand Fritos in a bag of Fritos. And I will go to bat for the barbecue Fritos, but I was recently turned on to like the sweet chili uh, Doritos by our, oh, our good man, Michael those. Myers. Holy shit, game changer. Never really thought to try them before because I was a nacho cheese guy. Uh, pretty much all my life. I think we've actually talked about this on the podcast before, but he yeah. introduced me to the the sweet chili and blew my mind. Absolutely amazing. A, a bag cannot survive more than a day in my house now. I had to stop buying it. It was really, it was actually really irresponsible of him to introduce you to those because it you was. have a, you actually have a Dorito problem. <laughs> you do. I think that's been established here, but. <laughs> uh, we've podcasted together in the past about whatever topic and then Doritos come up and you get all sweaty and you get close to the microphone and you get very serious. Like you sound like somebody talking about gender politics or something like that. Right. Like, like you're so it, passionate it, about it. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, hello there, bogus listeners. It's me, your Dorito fiend, your bogus host that knows the most, B-Boy, Bogus Bryce. And I'm joined here always and forever with my good man, my good friend. That's your cue. Oh, oh, yeah, that's my cue. That's your cue. Uh, yeah. Hey, guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's me, Jamie, here uh, <laughs> to talk about all the favorite things of the 90s and beyond. <laughs> and beyond, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get started, I want to remind our listeners that the Forever Bogus podcast is brought to you by Ed's Retro Arcade and Chili. Yeah, sure. Let's just do this really quickly. I, you know, we're, we had a little fun with it and we, and, we, and we made some jokes and we did a bunch of goofy things. But the truth is a lot of people reached out and asked if this was a real sponsor, if it was a fake sponsor, if it was gay. Mm -hmm. They are a real sponsor. Uh, we were just having some fun. We were going to dial it back. But yes, they are a real sponsor sponsor and that's all i'll say about that yeah and i just want to give a big shout out for him for putting up with all of our antics and stuff and he took a lot of shit but 
He's, uh, he's a great guy. So anyway, what does Big Ed have on the menu for us today? Those good old turtley boys are going to be back in the theater this August. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ed, our, our, our generous sponsor, has decided, and I agree, it would be great to run through some of the oddities of the Ninja Turtle past. That's right. But specifically talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation. And this was yeah. a live action TV show that premiered on Fox Kids in the fall of 1997. J-Dog, Jamie, my man. Did you ever watch this show? All right. So I want to start by saying before I joined Twitter, and I may have said this on the podcast before, but before I joined Twitter, and I really thought there was potential for me being the biggest adult Ninja Turtles fan in the world. I really did. I really thought like... <laughs> really? Like you're going to be the front really runner? Like, like no one else is in Turtles nowadays. It's like 2013. No, I knew people liked him, but I was like, I don't think people like him as much as I did. I mean, when okay. I was a kid, my grandma either bought or stole the <laughs> uh, life-size cardboard cutout promotional stand from the... Uh, video rental store for the first Ninja Turtles movie. She got that Whoa. and she had it in the den of her house for me. Wow, um, that's incredible. Every birthday was Ninja Turtles stuff, lived for the cartoon, mm -hmm. lived for the toys. Um, nobody beat the... In my action figure stories, nobody beat the Turtles. I love the Turtles. And let me tell you something about Next Generation. Did not watch it. Oh. Or Next Mutation, I'm sorry. But but you know what? It th That does make quite a bit of sense because this was at kind of the end of the Turtle Mania hype. Because Turtle Mania pretty much started like mid '80s and lasted until about the end of, of the '90s. What year did this show start? Uh, not '97, but for those who oh, may yeah. not, dude, '97. I was trying to hold hands with girls and play crazy taxi yeah. at the roller rink. I was. This was behind me for sure. Yeah. So the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Next Mutation was a live action show where a fifth turtle which is a female turtle named Venus yeah. who was mutated with the other four turtles but was washed up um, away from with the current and the sewer into New York's Chinatown before Splinter came across the turtles. And so now this is supposed to be after the th like a continuation after the third movie uh, where a, a villain comes back from time and they're needing more help and out of nowhere this female turtle comes up and all of the teenagers get really turned on by her and uh they, they don't see her as a forces. sister do they see her as a sister i i don't that's where it gets kind of weird I, I don't know if they consider her as a sister or just as like a female turtle because i i think that they consider themselves like brothers i guess but i i don't know because there are a lot of moments where it's like you're hitting on your sister man this is kind of weird you can see like you know Donnie being like, but Mikey, she's our sister. <laughs> and Don and Mikey's like, the rules are different in the animal kingdom, bro. Yeah, dude, <laughs> dude. But but anyway, so the next mutation was a, was originally a concept for the fourth live action movie. But as we all know, the third movie bombed in the box office, and the script was actually trashed until Saban Entertainment picked it up, and. You know who Saban Entertainment is, right? Yeah, they're the they're the uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers guys. That's correct, because Saban is well known for taking 
Japanese content and Americanize it in some way. So the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, VR Troopers. Was was Saban involved with the next mutation? Unfortunately. So if you know anything about Saban Entertainment, you know that it's going to be done dirt cheap. And that's unfortunately what happened with this TMNT project. So the biggest reason why the first three movies were so big, especially the first one, is because Jim Hansen's uh, creature studio or shop helped build all these animatronics and the, and the costumes and the suits and stuff for all the turtles. So it just that alone makes... It sort of validates. There really is a level of validation there because it's a real project. I mean, Jim Henson did everything. Yes. Jim Henson was the real deal. If you had Henson, if you had the Henson studio on your movie, uh, you know it's gonna that's be top the real notch. deal. And, and that's kind of one of the things that automatically is missing here because they look kind of bad. Yeah, that's the point I'm trying to get to. So all the costumes just seemed off. Like there are animatronics built in, but you could tell that they were very cheaply done. Like almost on like a shoelace budget. It was it was very yeah. weird and like the costumes themselves looked pretty stiff. Like I think there was just like pure rubber. So like when there was fighting scenes and stuff, you could tell that the the guy inside of it's like really trying hard to 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 perform these actions. Yeah, he's just bouncing around inside of it like a like it's a Halloween store mask. Yes, but you know one of the things I think that that is positive about the Saban connection is because the only thing I really do know I know two things about this show, and one of them is that there was a, a proper Power Rangers crossover. Yes, and I will definitely get into that because at this time I was ready for another TMNT live action something because the last time we saw anything that was live action from TMNT was 1993. And this is 1994. So, like, this is four years later. That's four years uh, that we matured more and, and like, slowly started getting away from, like, Power Rangers or, like, uh, Big, Big Bad Beetleborgs is really popular around this time. And I, I honestly wasn't that into it because I saw it as, like, oh, this is a kid's show and I'm maturing. I need to get into something a little more mature that's for my age. But yeah. when I heard about the next mutation coming out, I legitimately got excited, both my inner child and myself at that time got very, very excited. And I remember when it premiered, like it was a big deal. And I watched the first episode and was awestruck with the fact that I, I had actually outgrown the turtles. That's really sad. I didn't want to admit that because here I am, yeah. uh, 19 years old. Did you just say 19 years old? No. Did you say 19 years Nine old? Nine or 10 years old. Did I say 19? <laughs> I don't know. Sally said 19. You're going like... You getting going through puberty and like being like, why don't I like turtles why anymore? Why can't I like turtles anymore? That's why they put a girl turtle in there. They're like, Maybe we gotta get the teenagers so. back in. Yeah, that would not surprise me. But give the teens something to be horny about. Probably. And I was reading up on this, and Saban had met with like creators of Team and T, and was talking about picking up the script to do another movie, but cha- changing it more into like a, uh, a series, a live action TV show series. Mm. And the only way that uh, Saban would agree to actually buying the rights to it is if they uh, added another turtle, which was already like the plan to add into the fourth movie, like the fifth turtle. No, it's actually, honestly, maybe that's, maybe that is like the cosmic blessing of the universe that I didn't see this show because me at nine years old seeing a female Ninja Turtle, like that would have fucked me up for the rest of my life, I think. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what's wrong with the world now. Thank you, Saban. But <laughs> well, this show, well, here's the deal. The thing about that we see here is the same thing that we see with all kids content that is popular at one time. I mean, there is a shelf life for this stuff. Agreed. They never thought that uh, 
th- there was an expiration date on the turtle yeah. mania. I mean, it, they threw everything at the wall just to see what would stick. And sometimes it would stick for a while or sometimes like it was just appealing enough where we would bite. And I, I think this show in particular, it just it just wasn't good. It was just it just felt off. They and they tried to to hype it up and and they they made all the stops like like you said they had a crossover with the then Power Rangers TV show. I think it was like Power Rangers in Space at that time. And you think like people who grew up with Power Rangers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that we'd be excited about this. But that wasn't the case here. Like maybe like the 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 gener- the younger generation at the time may have gotten hyped up about it, but uh, us being, you know, nine or 10 years old at the time, we're like, what the hell is going on? Like, this does not make any sense and this shouldn't be happening. I think there's a few components at work here. Uh, and and it's, it's just, it just, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's always easy to look like I know exactly what happened when it's, you know, 30 years later, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. But uh, one, I cannot tell you what fucking channel this thing came on. <laughs> uh, we had, if it wasn't on Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network at this point in the 90s, we weren't watching it. Hmm. The kids had firmly staked their flags into the ground for uh, Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon. If your show did not come on there, we were not watching it. I disagree to a certain extent. Of course you disagree because you're like a weird Midwestern PBS guy. No, I mean, this is Fox Kids. Was it a Saturday morning show? It, yes and no. Like, I think See, it premiered initially as a Saturday morning show. And then they went into like weekdays. I think it was like every Tuesday or something like that. They had a new episode. That doesn't work. That doesn't work, pal. It does not work, unfortunately. You're absolutely right with that. But but Fox Kids was a staple for me. But I will say, as, a, as we got closer to the end of the 90s, Fox Kids slowly started uh, transforming in, into something that I did not feel familiar with anymore because Fox kids was my Saturday or after school go-to for all the cartoons. But at this point, like they were trying almost anything to, to keep kids attracted to it because they were losing our generation at that point. We were getting older. We were, I mean, some, I'd stuck around with cartoons for even to this day, but there were a lot of kids that were transitioning out of that into Nickelodeon because Nickelodeon was targeting, especially around this time, targeting more uh, tweens. Yeah, they started doing some live action stuff. And, yes. and to reiterate my statement before about you know the flag being firmly planted on either Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network, that is for weekday program. I think oh, I think weekend Saturday morning program. You know, you had your Fox, you had your WB, mm-hmm. you had your you know, like the, the 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 cards were on the table for any of those given channels. But yeah, I mean, if you're releasing new episodes of a Ninja Turtle show on Fox on a Tuesday, yeah, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. And and I and I would have, I would have. I wasn't too mature for it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. If, if anything, I was like immature. Yeah, I would have totally eaten this up. But it just. I think the programming was bad. I think the show looked bad. And a lot of times what happens is when, you know, these shows get made, you said there was no money put into it from Saban and those guys. And and when they get pitched to the TV shows, the executives know what they're looking at. Mm -hmm. This looks terrible. Uh, We're not going to put this in our most popular block because this looks terrible. But it, it, terrible has worked for them in the past. Like you look at Power Rangers back then, it felt very high quality. It felt, of its time but 
rewatching it now, you see how cheap it was. And then we, we come to find out that it was a Super Sentai yeah. uh, ripoff, essentially, where they're taking old footage from the Japanese TV show Super Sentai and and pretty much Americanizing it. And for the time, it definitely worked. But in, in retrospect, it's like this is trash. This should not have worked at all. But it was the hot the hot thing at the time where we had so many ripoffs. And I feel like the next mutation is unfortunately a product of that era. And going back and rewatching it today with my nostalgia lenses on, I see how it's appealing. If I, if this would have caught me, if this would have came out in 1993, right after the third movie, I would have been attached to this and would have been saying a lot more positive things about it. But unfortunately, this came out in 97, closer to the end of the Turtle Mania hype. And it just, it just fell flat. Like there's no remnants of the first two movies. The, the fifth, female turtle kind of throws off the dynamic along with all of them. You think that maybe it would, it would add something to kind of mix it up, but it just throws off the dynamic of it. The, the costume work is just terrible. The The voices just seem so off and it, they try to make it playful like the, the cartoon was. Yeah. That's the way everything goes with these franchises when they get bigger and bigger. Like uh, Ghostbusters 2 is so goofy compared to Ghostbusters 1 because it was riding off of the cartoon. Well, they they also realized that, oh, our target audience is actually between the age of 5 and 13. So let's let's appeal to them a little more and add some more goofy aspects to it. I mean, you think about Ninja Turtles 2... They they were no longer like they had weapons, but they didn't use them. They mm-hmm. they they were hitting people with salami. They were dancing, like, like they, were dancing they were dancing with yeah, ice yeah. Uh, vanilla ice. But see, ice spice, yeah, ice spice. <laughs> and <laughs> but you go back and watch the first one. It's dark. It's gritty. It's it's a close counterpart to the first few issues of the comic book, and it's done so well, and it's done passionately. The first movie is a masterpiece. The first movie it, it is, is it great. still is it still holds up today. It's like dark at times the acting is really good for what it is for like six foot tall turtles walking around it's taken very seriously absolutely but you you come with the second one and it's 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 a a good representation of what you're talking about they they recognize their target audience and they they took a goofy route instead now i will say i still enjoy it i still love that movie but if you go back and do a little bit of research about it you realize what they had done and what there it was just pretty much a, a, a cash cow they they wanted to profit off the first movie and they found out how to do it and so when the third movie came out i remember watching it in theaters i remember loving it because i just wanted more live action turtles so if turtles in time it, exactly so if the next mutation came out and say, let's say 1994. I think it would have done well. It it just felt too late. It was too late in the game. Like I keep saying, I think there was a few things working against um, the new next mutation. You know, we said that the time slot was was off, the budget was off, uh, and, and budget isn't always a huge detriment. I mean, obviously you're going to get a pro- better product if it costs more money, but just because something's cheap doesn't make it bad. Like Mm -hmm. I I would argue, like you said, you go back and you watch Power Rangers. Now you're like, this is pretty cheap, but there is a undeniable charm to Power Rangers. That's not here. This is coming from two guys that enjoy watching low budget horror movies and we'll sing their praises because of that. But and, and like you said, in this regard, it doesn't necessarily work. So uh, at that age of like nine or 10, I'd come to the realization that Eternal Mania was coming to an end and they were trying to make all the stops to, to keep it going. And Saban like found his opportunity and, and took it. 
But instead, we were met with like mediocre content at best. And this actually got me thinking about the heyday of Eternal Mania and all the weird releases we got with it. Like, for instance, I'm sure you remember the Coming Out of Their Shells tour. Yeah. And how big that was. Like, they they went, they took that stage tour all around the United States. That's, I really was enthusiastic about that as a kid. I watched that VHS all the time. Me too. In hindsight, it's incredibly embarrassing. Yes. And it's it's one of the worst ideas. It, it just shouldn't work. It shouldn't work. It should not work. First of all, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles should not work at all. What an absurd concept, but it worked flawlessly. Now, make them a rock band and then send them around the United States should not work at all. Yeah. But they killed it. They actually end up doing two tours because of that. And like, when's the last time you went back and listened to that album? It's been a really long time. And I actually have a, a cassette tape that was given given to me by our friend Dinosaur Dracula. Oh, how nice. And so I have that. And I also have, I had the VHS, but he gave me that too. Um, so I, it's ripe for a revisit for me. But like, there are not many days in my adult life where I think, I sh- I'm going to put on the, the coming out of our shells tour tape whatever well here you know uh, at the forever bogus headquarters b-boy bogus bogus bryce listen to it almost weekly pizza power like I, that's gonna get me hyped man i don't know why but the music still do you, holds wait up. do you still listen to it weekly or do you or you meant back then? i still listen to it maybe at least once a month like it, it definitely gets me hyped my instinct is to tell you that that's embarrassing but actually if it really works for you, then we sh- then good. You, we should all be so lucky to have something that works for us. I agree. You know? I agree. So, I mean, it's it sounds absurd and it's weird, but did you know that they had a sequel tour? Oh, that must have bombed because oh. I heard nothing about that. Okay. So, it did bomb. It was nothing as near as big as coming out of their Shells tour, but it was called Getting Down in Your Town. And this tour ran through Six Flags amusement parks throughout the country. Oh, man. I would have loved to go to Six Flags and hang with the turtles. Right? Now I'm bummed. I I hated too early. And so I actually did not find out about this until maybe 15 years ago. Like, I did not know this existed until then. Because I, even as a kid, I begged my parents to go to the coming out of their uh, their Shells tour, but... The closest one that, that was happening was like two or three hours away. So they they did not take me. But here was another opportunity because we've been to Six Flags multiple times. And I, I could have had the opportunity to see the turtles live, but I didn't. Hey, dude, you ever see a turtle without its shell? Is this a joke? No, I have not. It's disgusting. You know, it'd be really funny is if they like, hey, guys, we got the coming out of their shells tour. And then all the kids are excited. They sit on stage and then they come out with all their shells off and it's just their disgusting torsos. And the kids are just screaming and crying. Ah! Just turns into a ah! horror movie. Mom, why does he look like chewing gum? What's wrong with him? No, no uh, honestly, it, give me a time machine and I'm going to Six Flags to oh, see that show because... 100%. But the stars, the stars didn't align for one, because I didn't know about it. Two... Uh, my dad had this thing like when I was a kid, he he just whatever his experience was with something, he he just passed it on to me. Like my dad, if he sits on even like a baby roller coaster, he just automatically throws up. Damn. And he just like Damn. the babyest roller coaster you've ever seen. And so all my life he was like, oh, you don't like roller coasters. You throw up. So I was like, oh, I guess I don't. And then finally, I went to Six Flags one summer, like in middle school with my my friend Steve and uh it was like the best fucking time I've ever had in my life 
and I was so disappointed that I had wasted all that time not going on roller coasters. So <laughs> I wasn't a Six Flags guy much as a kid because I, my dad had convinced me I was just going to throw up and cry. Right. And uh, I didn't know about this tour anyway. But God, give me a time machine. I would love to go. Oh, visit same time. here. Same here. And the only way that we, a lot of us, got exposed to it was with a, a unearthed VHS that they had sold at the show. And what I love the most about this is that Casey Jones was now a part of the show. Oh, that's great. They considered him like the, the the roadie and kind of like picked on him and like pushed him around. But he ended up playing a bigger role in it because he's the one that released Shredder. So I don't know if you remember from the first uh, the first tour, they finally capture Shredder and put him on like this time warp or something. And now Casey releases him and now Shredder's uh, raking havoc around um, the auditorium or whatever. But Casey. And I think there's one song in, in particular that we should listen to right now. Yeah. It's called Pizza USA. Ain't nothing can compare to the basic frisbee fare of the kind of slices we get every day. Pizza USA. They're in Six Flags, baby. <laughs> wow. Hey, what is this? What is this tape called? Because I gotta get this tape. I I think it's just called Getting Down in Your Town. I've been searching for a copy of it, like a physical copy of it, for many years now. Only thing that I can find is just a digital copy online, and that's how I discovered it. Because I was looking for these TMNT oddities, like because there's so much out there. Do you have a Do you have a Six Flags by you? Oh uh, no, not really. It's probably about two or three hours away from from Kansas City. I'm pretty lucky, man. I've got I've got a Six Flags 40 minutes, a little less, like a half an hour away. Yeah, I I, I highly rec- recommend checking that out. Like that's just one of the many TMT oddities that I think still in, in a way holds up today or at least has a, an entertainment value to it. Did you watch much of the 2012 Nickelodeon 3D animated show? I initially did. I, I thought that it was a, a good comeback, but then it got a little too, I guess, kitty for me, like too too catchy for me. And the animation, I, I started getting sick of around that time because it started looking like everything else. Yeah. And it didn't really stand out to me. So there was a point where I kind of just stopped tuning in. Because it's one of those things that's like, you know, when you think about the shelf life of these pop culture and especially nostalgic IPs, it's a lot shorter than we often remember in hindsight, like uh, Hulkamania. Mm-hmm. Remember when Hulkamania, Hulkamania, Hulk Hogan, when he was the biggest guy in the world? That was like three years. It, it seemed like it was so much longer. It seemed way longer, but it was just, that was like three years. He-Man, doesn't that feel like that was forever? That was like four years. If that, and then, yeah. And then it crapped out and they tried to bring it back desperately and they never quite did it. Uh, Ninja Turtles, though, however, it they seem to be kind of special. They have this life where, like, they crapped out of their initial run, but like every couple years, they figure out something that managed to be it manages to be somewhat successful. Yeah, yeah. And you know, so that show, like, I never watched it, uh, e- even though I consider myself a big Ninja Turtles fan. I never bothered watching that Nickelodeon 2012 series that ran for five seasons. But I mean, it, we had a really big. Jason Biggs was on that. We had mm-hmm. Mark Hamill on that. We had Rob Paulson on that. Uh, it, it, it was a big deal. Um, it, 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 that was the real deal. But 
you know, one of the things that I love in the lore of of Ninja Turtles is the movie that almost was. Do you ever hear about this? The movie in the eighties that almost was pr- prior to mm-hmm. the, the the first big one? one that we know. No, yeah. I don't think I do. This is interesting. So what's really cool here is it follows the course of so many geeky intellectual properties that tried to go out for a movie. You remember that Spider-Man movie that almost happened? Oh yeah, we talked about that yeah. in the previous episode. So yeah, that's. Roger Corman, baby. Ooh. Canon Films, Roger Corman. Every once in a while, uh, when somebody's trying to get a movie together for their, their comic book or their cartoon, back in the 80s, you'd go to Roger Corman because that yep. dude could do... Fantastic that could Four. Do, he could do fantastic <laughs> stuff. Yeah, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man movie. He could do anything for like eight bucks. Oh, yeah. So he was the first one. And, and this, this wound up not working out. So Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, who are the creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they met up with Roger Corman, who had a big idea and a script planned. Uh, where the turtles were going to be played by four comedians, Ugh. and uh, I'm gonna you, they had them picked out, and they had every everything was lined up to go. Uh, I'll let you know who they had. Oh, please. We had Bobcat Goldthwait. Ah, uh, that voice. We had Gallagher. Uh, okay. We had Sam Kinison. Uh, that's not too bad. And Billy Crystal. Billy, actually, yeah, that might that I can, I, I can see, see, that see Billy Crystal. See yes. Uh, the script apparently included a scene where the heroes fought these partially unclothed nuns on roller skates. This was okay. So hold on, back it up. This is live yeah. action. Live action. And they these comedians are wearing like they're they're wearing the suit or they're just doing the voices. They it's live action. They're wearing a shell and they're wearing masks and they have their limbs painted green. No, that was going to be the that was no. going to be the plan. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. I'm already envisioning it, and I'm already shitting myself. Well, <laughs> I, it's almost, honestly, it's it's bad enough where like if this happened, that actually might have really ended Turtles Forever. Oh, 100 percent. We would never get the the first official movie. We never would have gotten it. Important to mention that this was planned to be a rated uh, strictly rated R movie. This okay. was going to be. A hard R. This would not work. Yeah, yeah. And so, so, so Kevin and Peter were were on board for this. Well, you got to remember, like what Ninja Turtles. We know Ninja Turtles as this pop culture behemoth with all the action figures, the cartoons, and the movies and stuff. It really was like a joke when it started. Well, it, for, it was. You know? I mean, Kevin and and Peter were passing along sketches of uh, anthropomorphic animals. And well, think they, about they, it. A ninja turtle, a turtle is a slow. It's it's just a dumb that's joke. The joke. A turtle's a that's, slow that's animal. That's the joke, yeah. exactly. And somehow, like the when they made a comic, they officially made a comic book about it. It, it blew up. It was very unexpected. I mean, and there there were there was a lot of things. Like in in a past season of the show, we almost interviewed the creator of a uh, teenage tortoise. What the fuck? Teenage oh. hamsters. <laughs> yes. What what was it? I think it was like radioactive hamster uh, fighting hamster something. It was a parody of. Yeah, we we almost had like we we were in communication with him, and then we uh, he he was he was all queued up, he was queuing on up, so we were like we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna not interview him, but yeah, I mean, so it, it's just dumb jokes that started this whole thing. It, it's so weird. I mean, it, it, think about the dumbest joke you have between you and a friend, and if somebody created a a multi-decade billion dollar franchise out of you know what i mean yeah it would be insane so like peter and and kevin were meeting up with which with roger and was like we we want this want to create this into a big movie roger's like i got this i got this funny bit 
this is mostly going to be comedy because you guys find this funny and this was a joke. Is that essentially kind of like how it went? Sure. Roger Corman was like, and we're going to put Gallagher in the movie (laughs) and it'll be cheap because we only need him for an afternoon. (laughs) We're going to get Corbin Bernstein in this movie. Okay. So what, what else can you tell me about this rated R TMNT comedy movie? Really, that's it. There's almost nothing that exists about it because it was canned pretty quickly. And so this was the '80s, so it probably would have been like a boner jam then. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was R-rated. It had all these cool comedians at the time. Um, Bob, I would love to to hear what Bobcat had to say about this because Seriously. he he's he's pretty open. And I, I Bobcat's actually, you know, uh, I think if you don't know a lot about Bobcat, you might think that he's like a really hacky, hokey comedian, but he's actually a kind of a comedy genius. And a lot of the films that he's directed really don't reflect that oh, wacky sh- voice and character that he used to do. Shakes and uh, great. Uh, Father great. of the Year. It does not uh, hold yeah, up, I, unfortunately, but like still yeah. a, a great movie. Okay, so that's that's just interesting to think about. So do you think that Bob was actually approached with this idea or is it just fell flat on the table? Yeah, no, there were every everybody was a pro. I mean, all the all the wow. balls were, were were in the air, and uh, yeah, thank God it just it, it fell apart. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Who's your favorite um, Ninja Turtles voice actor? Uh, probably Rob Polson. Nice, that's a good that's a good political answer because I would go with Corey Feldman mm. for me, just because you know the truth is I when I think about my favorite actors, I I. I rarely would say Corey Feldman, mm-hmm. but he's involved in everything I really care about. I mean, he's he's in Gremlins, he's in Friday the Thirteenth, he's in Ninja Turtles, he's in Goonies, yeah, he's in a bunch of things I really love deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the first Ninja Turtles movie it cost about thirteen million dollars to make, thirteen and a half million dollars to make, but it brought in two hundred million dollars at the worldwide box office. Yep. So. That that explains Turtle Mania. When you could take fifteen, uh, I'm sorry, thirteen million dollars and turn it into two hundred, you have got a blank check, buddy. And I'm not talking about a blank check that makes you kiss a girl that's way too older than you. I was waiting for that. I am talking about a blank check where you can do whatever you want. Uh-huh. Now, would it surprise you to find out that a movie that made two hundred million dollars off a thirteen million dollar budget, huge? I mean, huge money. Uh, m- movies these days wish they could make that much money. You know, the, the, the people aren't, unless you're Marvel, you're not making that money. Corey Feldman, for his voice work on the first Ninja Turtles movie, was paid $1,500. That's it? And that is it. And no wow. royalties. No royalties? Nope, that's it. 1500 bucks. Dude, I'm surprised Corey Feldman's not talking about that to this day. He talks about everything else in Great Links yeah. and how he got fucked yeah. over. I'm surprised he's not talking about the first TMNT movie. They're hacking us in real time. <laughs> wow. Pizzagate, Pizzagate, Pizzagate. Well, that's a real thing. This one's a real thing. He, he, Corey Feldman was molested a lot as a, as a kid. Uh, he was taken advantage of. And he made this documentary about the people who did it to him. And then he went to do a live premiere, and I guess the film wasn't ready, or what it whatever it was. But he had this venue where he was going to play the movie, naming names and 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 you know saying everything that happened to him. You smell that? It smells like a conspiracy to me. It smells like a conspiracy. But what <laughs> happened is the movie wasn't ready, I guess, and like so instead of just saying, "Hey guys, the movie isn't ready," he went showed up to put the premiere, and the movie didn't come up at the screen, and he goes. Wow, they're hacking us in real time. 
Can you believe? And, and everyone's just like, Corey, that's not how the internet works. If you have a DVD of this movie, come on, dude, on a projector, you know what I mean? But uh, a lot of love for Corey. I'm sorry he only made fifteen hundred bucks from this movie, but you know, I, I think the the last trip we should take here with our TMNT oddities is Japan. Oh, okay, the land of the rising sun. The, the land of the rising sun. Japan saw turtles mania and they wanted to cash in themselves on it especially on the action figures so some some company probably like bandai or something in japan bought the rights to uh, release a full line of figures and they look pretty rad they're called mutant turtles superman legend and they actually put together two episodes of a team and t anime Oh, and you're going to say anime, too, I'm to not. not get the weeboos upset. <laughs> it's anime. Somebody say, oh, they made, a, they made a Ninja Turtles anime, and there's some guy with a fedora going, it's not anime! It's anime! Uh, <laughs> it's amazing, though. Like, go check this out, please. Especially our listeners. Like, just pull up your Google Chrome or Safari on your phone. I'm going to look this up. type in Mutant Turtles Superman Legend. The anime look incredible, especially Rocksteady and, and Bebop look even better than they did in the cartoons. So I'm actually seeing a, a Mutant Turtle Superman Legend animated film from 1996. Yes, yeah, so it's an OVA. It's, it's essentially just two episodes kind of smashed together to make a oh. quote-unquote film. And just kind of like Power Rangers, they they find these crystals that give them even more superhuman like powers. And then once they combine all their forces, they, they create kind of like the Megazord. And I'll be honest, it looks incredible. It, I, I just recently found like a, a subtitle version of it. Cause for the longest time there wasn't, it was all in, in Japanese. So you really don't know what's going on. I mean, it's, it's, it's just fascinating to watch, uh, regardless of the dialogue. I'm looking at Bebop and Rocksteady from this series. Don't they, they look, look cool? They're crazy, man, yeah. Uh, so the turtles in this, I mean, I guess they make, they look like the turtles you know, but then they get these crystals and they wind up being these, like, really slim and tall, muscular versions yeah. of the turtles that look sort of like a, like cyborgs. Yes, that's um, a good way to put it, yes. And it's it's just a fun little series. I mean, I can't even call it a series. It's only two episodes. But it's yeah. one of those things that, like, if you're wanting to do a, a deep dive into TMNT and you've already covered a, a lot of the bases, you should check this one out. Yeah, this, and you'll get it. I mean, there's only two episodes or, or one movie, depending on how you look at it. So you get through it pretty quickly. But, gosh, this is odd. I mean, <laughs> right? it's weird that it's, it's really weird that because this was this was i'm looking at a toy from this series right now super turtles superman whatever the heck <laughs> yeah and so this is dated 1995 so i'm presuming that that's around the time this this was being worked on yeah 96 is when it was released yep so i was watching batman the animated series at this time mm-hmm. and i th- and i think that's kind of what happened too like turtle mania that's how things go you know he-man ends and then this thing starts and then that thing starts and that thing you know kids are kids can only be excited about something for so long and i mean i love turtles dude i was a turtles guy through and through like i said giant cardboard cutout all the figures watching the show all the time watching the cartoon all the time and then you see batman and you're like well this turtles could take a hike (laughs) i agree because if you go back in time and look at my toy bin it was majority TMNT figures, and then the rest of it was all Batman or Power Rangers. And, yep. and I mean, Power Rangers had a, a huge line of toys, but 
they had almost every single variation of Batman you could think of back in the You're day. You're a big uh, Power Ranger head. I was. I that was. I became obsessed. So, did, with that being said, did you love it when they crossed over with the Ninja Turtles in in the Saban series? As I said before, like it 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 was too late. It was too yeah. late for me. Like I, it was something that made sense if it would have came out in like ninety four, ninety five. Um, yeah. Because, you know, Team and T was still huge and Power Rangers was like becoming one of the number one kids shows in the world at the time. So if it had a crossover around that time, I think it would have it would have stuck the landing a lot better. But since they did it in like 97, 98, it just fell flat. And I'm sure there are people out there. We sure have listeners out there that that remember that and remember how big of an event it was. But I will just have to say it just didn't work for me. Well, there you have it, bogus listeners. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the next mutation. The turtles are a really finite thing, and and the good news is is that they're everywhere all the time. Yep. And every time something ends, if you're still a turtle lover, you're only a year or two away from the next big turtles thing. That's I right. Mean, um, I remember seeing the last Michael Bay film in theaters, <clears throat> and I was fine with it. Were you? But I was I was fine. I mean, it's like it's not good, but it's like yeah, it's there's action stuff. It's cool like they're going down a big snowy hill being chased by it's fine who cares i did not like that and then mm-hmm. but i knew well that was a thing watching it i was fine but i i was like people aren't gonna like this you know um and they didn't and that ended that and then you think well that's kind of sad am i gonna see the turtles again of course you goddamn are in two yes. years somebody else is gonna do it. so here we are now thank you seth rogan, rogan. yeah actually uh weirdly enough somebody i know uh was working on a film for Paramount Plus, Colin Jost from Saturday Night Live. I, uh, his brother, his brother is a friend of mine. His brother Casey, and they were working together on a script for Paramount Plus for a Ninja Turtles movie. And I think that that wound up. They're still talking about it coming out, but we got this one from Seth Rogen, so we got this one from these SNL guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Turtle Mania never really ends; it goes Agreed. on forever. It's eternal. Agreed. You know that, that, and that's a perfect way to kind of wrap up the show too, because I, I, I think in twenty years there will still be something new from TMNT. I, I think that it will withstand the the test of time. Um, besides, you know, like some other things that we like he man and stuff where they try to keep reviving it, but it's, it's very short lived. Yeah. I feel that team and T will, will stand the test of time and we will continue to see new things be released, whether if it's a shitty Michael Bay movie or something from a comedian, like it's, I yeah. think it will forever be a part of us. Yeah. I don't think that, I mean, now Nickelodeon owns them and you know, I, I don't know if you know this Nickelodeon bought Garfield a couple yes. of years ago. Uh, yeah. So like they're just, Nickelodeon is good with buying stuff and keeping it. And Mm -hmm. you're not going to see... This is not the last of the turtles. We will be seeing turtles well until... You know, I might be buried in a turtle coffin. You know? I hope so. I hope so. How embarrassing. I actually want to be cremated, but I want to be cremated with all my TMNT figures. Like... They're they're not going to survive longer than than I live. They're they're going to come with me to the afterlife. Mm, that's scary. That's scary. 
<laughs> well, there you have it, my bogus friends. There are like four or five weird turtle oddities you should definitely check out. I mean, There's a lot you, more too, so sound off in the comments on what we missed. Yes, please. We want to hear some more. I know we missed a lot here. We only have so much time on the show. But if you have still have yet to, to watch The Next Mutation, I believe a lot of those episodes are on YouTube. So I, I would just maybe give it a try, see what you think about it. Or if you did uh, grow up watching that show, let me know and tell me what is so appealing and why you love it so much. I want to know the opposite side of the coin here. Yeah, and if you if there's nothing out there turtle wise that you like, make your own fan fiction about the girl turtle. Yeah, why not? Open up your your high school notebook and do some. I'm duels. actually gonna look that up and see if anybody's done that. What's it her name? It would not surprise me. Her name is Venus. I thought it was gonna be Pearl. Venus. <laughs> Venus. <laughs> TMNT fanfic. Yeah, dude, we've got plenty of uh, Venus fan fictures that I'm looking at right Oof. here. Um, so go ahead and read some of these. Uh, sure. Maybe we'll read one on, on there. Uh, join our Patreon. <laughs> this one is, this one is marked, uh, as a warning for sexual content. So dude, there's, there's people out there having lots of fun. That sounds fun. And, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the forever bogus podcast. If you are in the Dallas Fort Worth area, definitely check out big Ed's retro arcade and chili. Yeah. I'm very oh, excited that's about that. That's really exciting. Um, yeah. So Ed and I have kind of been collaborating on some different flavors and stuff to kind of keep it unique, but also makes you feel nostalgic while you play those arcade games. Double Dragon, baby. Double Dragon, baby. I'm I'm more of like a shoot 'em up. I prefer House yeah, of the Dead. Double, double or, Dragon kind of sucks. Let's let's be. It's let's be I real. mean it's it's decent if that's the only cabinet that they have there. But but yeah, I definitely would uh, go check it out, and then we'll let you know once that new chili drops, and you can go try it. Try it. You put, you put emphasis on it, which was nice. No, leave it. That's staying in. That's staying in. That's sort of like um, when Foo Fighters played SNL and it was hosted by Christopher Walken. And, mm-hmm. and there was a famous story where Christopher Walken walked into the dressing room and asked Dave Grohl, like, where is the emphasis on Foo Fighters? Is it on Foo on Fighters? <laughs> and Dave Grohl was like, I don't know. No one's ever asked me that. I I think fighters? <laughs> I don't know. And then so Christopher Walken announces them and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, full fighters. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Forever Bogus Podcast. <laughs> and until next time, always remember to be kind. Rewind. And we'll all stay We got the host, Rash Shoemaker, nothing like Babe Ruth, candy bars, any takers, and Austin, all the VHS tapes. I'm feeling really great, I'm hoping y'all great. Flea markets, yes, one for a nickel. Complain about Rwanda sounding like Angelica Pickles. Watching P&P, maybe Malcolm in the middle. Sail on Gary the Snail, Mr. McNeely, I hope one of these days you will bring me my mail. E-count, shot your little you Hoover, order pale ales. Yo, I'm doper than diamonds, I got my bling with sales. Thinking I'ma get riders by but still I prevail. I got no rhymes for the VHS community. Got some lunch meat for you, Nick.